Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Kate Beret. Yes, we do. And we both know Kate. I say this, we know her separately. Yes. Um, and so uh, she's awesome. And it's a great interview. Yes, she's a, a author with many pen names. And she talked yes. to us about a lot of her pen names and mm-hmm. kind of how she balances everything. But it was yep. really good to talk to her. And I think the whole theme of it was... Um, Project. She called it productive longevity. She's yeah. trying to set yeah. herself up in a way that she can continue to do this mm-hmm. and be productive over the long haul. And I just, yeah. I love that. So, and too. we just really delve into that. Right. She's really level-headed. That's not mm-hmm. a sexy term, but I mean, she is really level-headed. And I just always love talking to her because I always come away thinking, okay, yeah, I can take a breath and, you know, <laughs> calm down because... She just, she's very unflappable. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I, it's a great interview. I think yeah. you'll love it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's coming been up. going on with you? Well, um, this week I have been doing, oh, I am getting the rights back to oh. so three audiobooks that were with a publisher. Uh-huh. So I've been coordinating. I'm getting new covers for that. Right. Because you know, I've got to change out the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the name of the narrator and everything on there. Because now I've had them, I got them back. I've had them re-narrated, mm-hmm. and because when you get the rights back, you either have to buy back, mm-hmm. you know, what they recorded because right. they have paid for the recording, right. or you re-record them. So I decided to re-record them, got new covers, and of course that's led to getting new covers for the eBooks as well. Mm-hmm. I'm holding off on the print books because that's just like yeah a big job. So mm-hmm. I'm getting all that coordinated and hopefully that will be up soon. So those are the English village series. They will mm-hmm. have new covers. Mm-hmm. That's great. And working on that. And, um, and, and actually this stuff tells really well with um, a thing I was going to mention, Caitlin Duncan, who was on, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, quite a while back. She had, mm-hmm. a, she was talking about getting your rights back mm-hmm. and she had done some ghost writing and she has a book coming out on the 19th called the successful hybrid author. And oh, so, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that like she talked about getting your rights back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that came out this week. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that's what I've been doing. Just lots of like getting stuff together to mm-hmm. redo all that. And it's a lot of back and forth and yeah, you know, admin. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Um, I have, uh, well, this week I, uh, put out in few author groups, uh, that I was giving away a free consultation, Mm -hmm. um, mostly just to give back because, you know, I, I, in, in my whole theme of finding joy and giving joy, uh, this gives me, it gives me a lot of joy to do these and, um, and to give them away like that. I love that. And um, hopefully the people who've won will find joy and <laughs> good information. You know, who knows? Oh, they will. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I've done that. And then I met with Becca Mysore, the mm-hmm. plot fairy. Yeah. Or, yeah, the plot fairy. Um, and when was that? Two days ago? Two days ago, yeah. Um, to talk about my next book. So yeah, got some ideas. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I haven't actually started writing anything yet, but it's it's really because I have um I need to go back and look at both series because it's it's hopefully a book that's gonna tie them both together. But um yeah, I'm feeling kind of to refresh your memory. Yeah, a little bit. And um, then today I was a guest on the Author Wheel podcast. So um, that that's should be cool. out in that's a few fun. weeks. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I wasn't real sure what I was going to talk about because, you know, <laughs> it's been been a bit of a dry season around here, but uh, it actually turned out really well. And I was, it was great. 
So when that comes they, up, I'll let everybody know. Yeah. So they do their podcast in seasons, right? Yeah. So it, it might be a little while before it comes out. It's a few. Right. She said three weeks, I think. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So that's coming up. Um, yeah. And other than that, that's about it. So just. All right. Well, kind of slowly moving back here. Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like I'm still in the like sorting everything out for the new year. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. hopefully a couple of weeks, we will be back in the routine of Mm -hmm. like, hopefully I'll be back in the routine of getting some words down Mm because I've not gotten many lately, many new words. Yeah, I'm ready to get back to that. Me too. But we should get on with the interview because Kate has a lot of great things to say. Yes. All right. So here's Kate. Well, today we are really excited to talk to Kate Beret. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. Uh, Sarah and I both know you, but we know you separately. We don't know you (laughs) together. You and I have spent some days in the sun together. So (laughs) that's been fun. (laughs) Yeah, Kate is a woman of many, many names. So we She has many uh, author personalities, so we're going to delve into that. That'll be fun. So here, let me read your bio real quick, and then we'll get into the questions. Kate writes humorous, action-filled mysteries that frequently contain a paranormal twist. She's from Austin, Texas, where many of her stories take place, but has recently migrated north to Boise, Idaho, where soup season, her favorite time of the year, lasts more (laughs) than two weeks, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's worked as an attorney, a dog trainer, and in various other positions, but writer is the hands-down winner. She's thankful readers keep reading so she can keep writing. That's great. I'd forgotten you were an attorney. I forgot that. Um, so tell us how you got into writing. So I had to contact one of my girlfriends and, and talk to her um, when I got, you guys were kind enough to give me the questions ahead of time. <laughs> Some of the questions. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I had to contact Lori Ryan and say, hey, yeah. Lori, can I mention your name? Um <laughs> Because one of the questions is how I started writing. And obviously that's you. And she's like, sure, whatever, that's fine. Um, So yeah, Lori Ryan happens to be a really good friend of mine prior to our author lives. She Mm -hmm. also was a dog trainer who, um, well, she was an attorney who became a dog trainer who then became a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have parallel paths. Um, I was an attorney and then a dog trainer and then a writer. And we were dog trainers together. We actually had a business together very briefly. So she um, had some personal things going on in her life. I don't think she would mind me saying this. Um, she had a, not a difficult pregnancy, but not a comfortable one mm-hmm. um, and was on bed rest for quite a while and was reading, 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 reading and decided that she could do that. Why not? She could totally do that. So she did. That's kind of her personality. I can do that and go do it. It uh, is. She'd been, yeah. <laughs> she'd been writing for about a year and, um, and was like, dude, I'm so done with this dog training thing. You know, can you take my clients? Um, I, I just, I can't do it anymore. And I was like, sure. Um, and then she said, but I would also like for you to consider maybe you would like to do this writing thing too, because you knew my background. Um, so I have I have a business background, I have a I have an MBA and I have a law degree. Um, and I also have a degree in German, which is primarily literature. And um, mm-hmm. so she knew like I had good writing skills, mm-hmm. that I had studied story, and that I had also been a like binge reader of mm-hmm. fiction my entire life. Yeah. And so she was like, man. Can, you can do this. You can do this. And I was like, you're nuts. I've never written anything great. <laughs> and I am like almost old. Uh, and she said, no, 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 you can do this. Cause again, that's the kind of person she is. And mm-hmm. she had me write a scene. And I was like, what's a scene? Ah, it's been a long time ago since I studied this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll write a scene. And she's like, give me your scene and I'll tell you if it socks. Um, and I was like, you're so sweet. Um, so I give it to her and I'm like, and you'll be honest. She's like, I will totally be honest. And she's like, you need to, you need to write this book. Mm-hmm. And that was like, boom. And then I was writing almost full time from the beginning. That is amazing. Yeah. She's yes, an awesome friend. That's It's a great story because she is. Yeah. Uh, what a lovely human being she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so interesting that I mean, that's not a common career path that we hear. We hear like from lots of people that, you know, were attorneys and became authors, but don't, they don't usually do the dog training turn and then come back into being an author. So that's great. So how long ago was that uh, when you started writing? Uh, I, I sat down to write that first book, which is my lost library book. Um, I wrote that book. Um, I started it in January, 2014. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I published it in. April of 2014. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we always like to ask what your definition of success is because it's so different. It can change over time, but what, how would you answer that? 
you know, it's interesting. I, I think I am a full-time author. So my primary concern for tomorrow and for next month is, can I pay my bills? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, and, and I know that there are a lot of people writing who don't pay their bills with their fiction. And I'm um, really grateful, number one, that I can. Um, but I do consider that to be at least short term um, a definition of success. Uh, but I would say even more importantly for me um, is creating a sustainable career. So I have, and I don't remember when I came up with this term, um, but I decided at some point that productive longevity was my goal. And if I could create productive longevity, I could have a sustainable long-term career. Mm-hmm. And that's really defined a lot of the decisions that I make. Um, because when you look at them, a lot of the decisions I make don't look like very smart business choices. Um, and and they're not necessarily for the short mm-hmm. term, um, but they meet my creative needs, which then help me to continue to write, which then feeds into the idea of productive longevity. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would that that's be great. like maybe you could do a series that maybe people wouldn't say that's not to market or something? Or are you talking about something totally different? Yeah. Um, I mean, for sure. I, I, I would say that's one example. There are so mm-hmm. many examples, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many examples of things that I do that are a little bit odd that just work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I mean, for sure, it's writing a series. So I have a, a paranormal cozy mystery series with a male main character. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write it. I wrote mm-hmm. it. Um, the The most important thing, and I discovered this, um, you know, I, I discovered this and then I rediscovered it and I read You know how you learn something and then you forget mm-hmm. it and you have to learn it again? You have to relearn it. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. such a bummer um, at times, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but I discovered at some point that if I didn't want to write it, it's not going to get written. And not only is it not going to get written, I'm not going to write. Um, and, and that's a problem, um, when your career is to write books. Uh, so I decided at some point, um, that I was only going to write the books that I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't always do a great job of, um, dovetailing that with what's marketable and what's, um, going to sell. And sometimes I do, you know, it just kind of depends, but I, I always have to be working on something. That's my personal goal. I Mm -hmm. I need to be writing all the time. Um, and I, I'm only going to do that if I'm writing something that I want to write. Right. Right. Well, uh, Jim Butcher did okay with a male paranormal lead character. So I feel like you, you were less, okay. it's yeah, it's less common in cozy mysteries though. They're yes. almost, yes. Always women. So almost it's women. beautiful to have a male main character. I do have a lot of male readers though for that series mm-hmm. and they read my other stuff too. So I don't know, maybe it's good. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. What do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? I think it's more what I wish I had been able to tune out. Um uh. That's you know, good. everybody gives advice and, and everyone's advice is good because it works for them. Um, you know, I mean, so it's like you're talking to people and they're really passionate about what they're telling you. And even people who preface it with this doesn't work for everyone. This just works for me. You know, you want to try it. And um, so there's some really I think now there is enough information out there that people understand you have to test and try and figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time. That I mean, 2014 was pretty early on in the land of indie, not super early, but pretty early on. And at the time, you know, everyone was like, well, you know, talking about processes and their process was to outline. I don't outline. It doesn't work for me. I do for romance. I do simultaneous outlines. So as I'm writing it, um, I do um, plot it to a beat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my cozies, I don't. Um, and outlining is just, it's not, I wish I had understood from the beginning. So I would try periodically to outline and it would not work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also I had this, um, this understanding of the process that you sit down and you write a book and when the book is done, then you edit the book and then you, however many times it needed to be edited, you know, you do a, um, I call it a story edit, but a developmental edit, you do a line edit, you do a copy edit, you do a proof, um, and then your book is done. And that is a hundred percent not my process now. And, and I'm, I have a, a, um, passionate dislike of editing. Um, and in fact, I really like to edit, but I call it rereading mm-hmm. um, because what I do is I start a story and then I um, will will spiral back and reread parts. And I always line edit when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, 
in my head. It's not editing. It's just rereading it. So I'm refreshing <laughs> the story and it's like, <laughs> you know, so reframing it. But I wish I had understood that about my own process um, mm-hmm. from the beginnings. It would have saved me a lot of trial and error and frustration and feelings that the way I was doing it was wrong um, versus the way other very successful people were doing it. Yeah. It was right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've all had that. Yeah. I think we do. So you do like, do you do like, I think some people call it like circular editing. So you keep going back over what you've written. And when you get to the end, you've kind of finished all your editing, or do you go back and keep doing it in several passes? So um, I typically write relatively short novels first. I mean, so that that is always going to inform a process. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I, I what I do is I write and then I'll go back and reread maybe the chapter before um, and I'll keep writing. And then the next day I'll reread the chapter before and I'll keep writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point I stop and I step away for maybe two or three days. And then I come back and I reread the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually um, usually at the one third point. Um, sometimes it's earlier. Sometimes it's later. When I get to the halfway point, I'm almost always rereading it again mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um, but day to day I'm rereading just the portion just previous. Mm-hmm. So everything is getting scrubbed multiple times. Right. Um, I just have to be careful with the end Then I'm scrubbing the end. Um, and sometimes because of deadlines, the end doesn't get scrubbed as many times as the beginning. Right. And that's not ideal, but it just happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's like, a and then multiple. do you send it out for edits or is that it for you? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, my deadlines are so tight. I have a proofer um, and he um, proofs everything for me and he understands my style and we Mm -hmm. work really well together. So everything that I write is proofed. Um, Everything that I publish is proofed, not my newsletters, which always have typos and editing. (laughs) Oh yeah, mine too. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me feel better to hear that too. (laughs) Yeah. Unless somebody else lays eyes on it, it's going to have errors. Um, And and, you know, for a long time I did, I, my best friend from high school is, has a PhD in English and she has a really great eye for story. Mm-hmm. And so she did my, what I call story edits. It's like a light developmental edit. Um, mm-hmm. Not the first, probably three or four books, but all of my books after that until a few years ago. And it just became so difficult to fit that in to my schedule and my timeline. And I found that I, that I knew what she was going to say. Mm-hmm. So it was. Um, I hate to say that it's not useful and helpful and I shouldn't still be doing it um, because there's always something, uh, but I just, it's hard to do it with the timing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you do works for you. So, you know, I don't think <laughs> you can discount that at all. Yeah. And I think you get to a point where you kind of internalize some of that, the story beats and stuff, and you kind of know, oh, this isn't quite right and you can figure it out. And yeah, with time, you kind of get that. So, and, and I did my first handful of romances. I definitely had those. I had a story edit on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Uh, I wish that I had embraced that concept of productive longevity much, much earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's funny. There, there's a guy um, who gave a presentation to our, our local writing group in Austin, and we we're do like a dinner afterwards, kind of a thing, and we're chatting. and And I was talking to him about the struggle that I had because you know I had this random pen name, Kate Lolly, and I ha- I had had to create it because I promised my mother I would write her the story as a gift, and it didn't fit under my Kate Beret <laughs> pen name. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that I really like writing these Kate Lolly stories because they're so warm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a really, um, like everything I write is really warm. Even the stuff where I'm trying to have people kick everybody's butts. They're all like mm-hmm. super nice people. Uh, <laughs> like my default, like Kate Lolly is where I write all my par- my paranormal cozies and my cozy mysteries. And that is a place where I'm very comfortable and very happy. And mm-hmm. um, and. And at the time, you know, he said, it, that's what you need to write then, Kate. Don't mm-hmm. write the Kate Bray stuff. Abandon it. Write the Kate Lolly. And um, and I was like, no, but uh, Kate Bray makes me money. I have to write the Kate Bray because that's what pays my bills. Mm-hmm. And and he was just like, mm, this is going to be a problem for you. And, and I didn't listen to him. And it was a problem. It became mm-hmm. a problem. I stopped writing for a while because I couldn't write those books. And um, I don't think your audience is primarily 
author based, but anyone who happens to read my books, I promise I am writing more Kate Roy stuff. I'm <laughs> excited. I've been getting excited about it for two years now. I'm like on the cusp. I'm almost to the point where I'm like, you know, going to, you know, pop over the edge and, and dive into um, Kate Roy again. But, yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling though. You just are like, you want to write what is going to make you write. I mean, you know, that, that, that's got that spark and that excitement to it. So I'm glad you figured that out. Um, What do you, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? You know, I think the assumptions that I made were really great advice given by really awesome people. And it was bad advice for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying they gave the advice to me. I'm saying just, you know, there's generalized Mm -hmm. advice out there and Mm -hmm. um, lean into success. Um, And while I do, while I do that to some degree, so my pen name, um, it's not like super secret, but my, uh, my pen name for my romance um, books is Jimmy Cates. Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote, um, I wrote, some stories and they do fine. Um, but they, you know, I was excited about them, but I was excited about some other ideas too. So I wrote something else and my dragon books do better. And so I'm writing more dragon books. I mean, I'm happy to lean into that kind of success. Mm -hmm. Um, but the idea that I would make myself write more in a series that I didn't want to write, um, that is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, that was an assumption that I should lean into success. I think, I think my that was a poor assumption on my part. Yes, but no. But yes, <laughs> but no. Um, you have to do it the right way. Um, and also to write what makes money. Um, because I came from a business background and because mm-hmm. I practiced um law, I worked for the state. Um, so I didn't I didn't practice the kind of law most people are familiar with, but I was an attorney. So and I'm very high um achiever and analytical. Um, so for for anybody who does the Clifton Strengths. <laughs> <laughs> But, I love them. So that's yes. good. <laughs> so, so for those, um, you know, for, as far as those personality characteristics, um, I, I saw myself as a business person and I saw myself um, as running a business from the very beginning. I always mm-hmm. saw it as a business. And mm-hmm. so of course you write what makes money. Um, there's a few people who I think, is it, I can't remember who says it, but you know, do you hate money? You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't hate money. I mean, I really don't hate money. I like money. I like Mel- to be okay Melanie money. Harlow says that. I don't know if she's the yeah, one. Yeah, there's said a, there's a few people, and I I just I love when people say that because I'm like, you're right. I don't hate money, um, <laughs> and, and I don't. Um, but at the same time, I I figured out that um, I can't write what makes money. I have to mm-hmm. write what I write and try and make money with it. Um, and I can make some modifications to what I write. Um, you know, and I can include certain things or I can, you know, tweak it. But if I have a concept I want to write, I want to write that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's smart, though, because it's like you're taking the your idea of like the creative longevity and taking the things, the ideas that you have and kind of bending them so that you can go down that path. I think that's really smart mm-hmm. instead of just saying, oh, this, whatever it is, is hot right now. I have to write this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's really, really smart. So, um, so we like to talk about mistakes and lessons learned. So do you have a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Oh my gosh. I read this question again, because you guys are so sweet to give questions ahead of time. And I just like laughed. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's like 50% of my career. And, like what was not a mistake? Let me think. Um, I, so much of, I mean, <clears throat> so much of what I do is just like, I don't know, I'm going to do this. Let's see. Um, how's that going to turn out? I don't know. <laughs> I have a really good friend here in Boise um, who has uh, allowed me to shift my perspective and to see that as testing. Mm, I am there testing. you go. Yes, perfect. From my, yeah. from my chest. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. She's very data driven. And that, and so I like to think, okay, so all these things that I've tried because I wanted to see if it would work, it was really a test. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say for me, the big, the, the big mistake was the whole write what makes money when really mm-hmm. what I need to do is I need to write what I want to write and, mm-hmm. and then make something of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. mistakes. I mean, I can't, I, I, could, I was like, I don't, I can't even come up with a list. Like, you mean yesterday or like last week? I don't know. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> we are oh, right there man. with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, what about the opposite? Have you ever had a thought and you, I mean, an idea and you thought this is brilliant and then it turned out not to be such a good thing? I mean, I don't ever really think my ideas are brilliant. I mean, I want to be that person. I want to be that person with that confidence. How cool is that? Um, Yeah, not really. Um, Yeah, not really. Okay. Uh, I just, I'm like, hey, I'll try this. Maybe it'll work. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to keep going. You know, I've been really fortunate. Um, You know, I have have a a lot of education and I'm Mm -hmm. a little bit smart. You know, I'm not one of those people who's like crazy smart, but I'm a little bit smart. And I have, you know, plenty of education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had a few careers and none of them have gone terribly for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do have some confidence in the sense that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can make anything work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can make it work somehow. Uh, So there's there's that. Um, But I definitely... I'm not a big dreamer. I'm not like, all right, I should say I don't dream big. Um, they always tell you, you know, what's that? Should have that goal that's like, you know, like shoot for the stars. And then yes. if you miss, you'll get the moon or something like yeah, that. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. And I'm never going to shoot for the stars. I'm, I mean, I try to change my mindset on that and it's really hard for me. So that's something to work on, obviously. Yeah. You're well, very I practical. I will say that you're just very practical. Um, also, you kind right. of changed your life to make this creative pro- productivity. I mean, um, what is it? Productive longevity. Yeah, productive longevity. Oh, you can tell I'm listening. Um, work. I mean, I know you had other reasons for moving to Boise, but, you know, housing and everything in Austin, the cost of living is just outrageous. And so moving allows you to do more with what you have and what you make. And it probably takes some of the pressure off. I don't know, but that would be my, my thinking anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I moved because I have family here um, mm-hmm. and, and I, my house is paid for um, and it was not, I had a mortgage payment in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a huge difference. And, you know, anytime I talk to people, Nobody likes to, well, some people are very open about their income. Most people don't really like to be like, I make X or, you know, and I'm really private about that for the most part, unless I'm giving a presentation and it's not being recorded. And then I'll Mm -hmm. talk to people about it. But I do like to tell people everything is contextual. Um, A lot of these very, oh, I'm going to try this and see if it works. This this attitude of just kind of trying it. Mm -hmm. I have no dependence. Um, I'm single. I don't have a, a spouse who is supporting me, but I'm also not supporting a spouse. Right. Um, so I think, I just think that there, I, there's a little more flexibility and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in that situation. And I, yeah. and I have friends who are supporting their entire families with their writing income. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes they're not making the same kinds of decisions that I am because they're yeah. not really in a situation to do that. Um, right. So I think that's really important when you're talking mm-hmm. about the decisions you're making and um, like what kind of money you're making or what you're spending, mm-hmm. you know, talk about your expenses too. You know, I, I my house is paid for, um, I, I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't cost as much for me to live. So I can be a little more flippant about, um, I hate to say flipping because I'm not really flippant about my career. Um, no. I can be a little more flexible in some of the choices that I make mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it kind of goes along with one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you is you, you seem just, it's kind of like you have just like this slow and steady, I'm just going to do this and I'll try this. And if it works great, and if not, I'll just keep going. Like you, you're always going. And, um, I don't know. I, I would just like that about your personality and the way you, mm-hmm. you, you approach your author career. It's like, yeah. it's very, it is practical, but it's very like, let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I like if that. you're not, if you're not still producing, it's hard to still sell. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I say that having a pen name that hasn't released in, I don't know, five years, it's still making mm-hmm. me money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I do, I do think, um, you know, manage your backlist, obviously, even when you're yeah, not yeah. Still producing in it. Um, right. but it, I, yeah, it's my job and my job is to write books. And so I have to write books. Um, I love it. I love writing books. I love stories. Mm-hmm. I love, I am like, I never, ever, it's, you know, when I moved to Boise, um, I moved in July. It was really hot when I got here. And so mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, the, the first time I went, I was doing couch 5k at the time and I got up in the morning and I was like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to go jog. And I had my tank top on and my shorts <laughs> and I made it like 30 seconds and you turn back into the house and put a pair of leggings and a jacket on because oh. I got up as early as I would get up in Austin mm-hmm. to jog, trying to beat the heat. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I was freezing my tush off. Um, <laughs> and, and I had people saying, oh, gosh, you know, Kate, we're so sorry you moved here in July when it's, you know, so hot. <laughs> and, and I swore to these people, I said, I will never, you will never hear me complain about the weather in Boise. I don't care yeah. how bad it is. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care how much snow there is because it is so much better than where I came from. Yeah. And that's how I feel about my author career. Yeah. I will never, ever complain about making a living as an author because it is so, so much better than yeah. everywhere else that I came from. That's awesome. I love that attitude. That's just great. Yeah. That's just great. Um, I think too, just um, you say you're not a dreamer. I, I don't know, but, but when I say you're practical, what I mean is you're just like, yeah, this is what I do. I mean, like, this is what I do. I write books. So I write books. And, and I love that attitude. I, I just think that that I don't always have that. So uh, I'm very envious a lot of times of people <laughs> who can just get the work done, you know, without you know, all the emotions and feelings coming into it. Not that you don't have them, but you just do the work. And I love that. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Um, you know, I've had some droughts and I've had some struggles and I'm not a fast writer and I game myself constantly to continue writing. I have a writing coach. Um, I, Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. It's not, um, I, it, it's not like all puppies and kittens. You know? I mean, it's definitely, um, I, and I, I have, you know, had that mea culpa, um, you know, email mm-hmm. to my readers saying, I'm really mm-hmm. sorry that this is late. I'm really sorry mm-hmm. that I can't get to this. I'm really sorry. Um, but, you know, life intervenes. And um, I mean, obviously yeah. you guys are aware of that. And, yes. and are, are, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not um, I, I definitely game myself. Um, because there are times when I do struggle a little bit. I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to my writing coach and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, normally I just roll out of bed and I'm kind of ready to write. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm not feeling that right now. So I need to work on that. And, and they were like, okay, <laughs> like your normal is maybe not normal. And I was like, and, and they're like, you know, you can't expect to be that way all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing clearly, yeah. um, but I was like, yeah, okay. I get maybe. Maybe I, again, should be appreciative of the fact that I frequently can just roll out of bed and write. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, it's a gift. I think it's a gift. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, well what's, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. I almost walked over okay. your question. It's okay. So we've talked a little bit about like changes in thinking and stuff, but what's the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your career? The biggest mindset change I've had to make is that I am a creative. I struggled mm-hmm. with that for years. Um, oh, really? Oh yeah. Um, really not something I thought of, um, myself to be, uh, for Mm. a very long time. Um, I, you know, I just, when I was, you know, people think about what they're going to be when they grow up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be a business person. I'm going to work for some big corporation. I'm going to have like a nice retirement. You know, I, I I didn't have dreams of being, you know, a ballerina or a, Mm. (laughs) you know, or a writer. Um, (laughs) Uh, I had never um, written creatively outside of like an assignment or two in high school mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I wrote Lost Library. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't, I, I did not define myself in that way. And um, I think there are some things that are attached to being a creative that you have to acknowledge and you have to, uh, you have to feed the creative well, you know, I mean, you have to, um, and, and if you don't, it's a problem and you can't produce and that's not how a lot of jobs work. Um, Mm-mm. so that was really hard for me initially. You know, I was like, this is, this is a business. I'm, I'm supposed to be making money doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and then I, I found myself, um, gosh, I think it was 2018. I was like, I woke up and I'm like, life is my job. Mm-hmm. My job is not my job. Life is my job. I'm going to get healthier because I've been sitting behind a computer. I'm going to, um, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, um, do fun things with my dogs, um, and also work. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally work is my number one priority. And I was so fried, was so completely fried, um, because I had failed to acknowledge the fact that I was a creative for, I don't know, however many years, you know, mm-hmm. three or four years, mm-hmm. um, and, and it really was not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I embraced that, 
you know, it's okay. Some days you write more, some days you write less, some mm-hmm. days you don't write at all. And when you don't write, that doesn't mean that you're lazy or that mm-hmm. you're um, not working or, mm-hmm. you know, those, that was, that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's great though. I love yeah. that. I love that. I love that you came to that point. I remember when you came to that point because um, we were in the Bahamas. Weren't we? yep. I mean, yep. it was just right before that because you were running in the Bahamas. Yeah. And I was like, it's hot as heck out here. And she's out there running. I was <laughs> yeah, very happy. My first nink, I was running. Um, I um, I just um, just found a gym I think is going to work for me because I have gained tons of weight. Um, I, at COVID, I stopped going to the gym. Mm. Um, I lost my running buddy. Um, my, um, German short, not my person running buddy, mm-hmm. my German short haired pointer who, um, anyone who's on my social media sees lots of pictures of Memphis and he, mm-hmm. he's 13 and a half and he's not, um, he doesn't heat regulate well. He can, mm-hmm. he can run as much as I can. He can't, um, exercise because it doesn't heat regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I now have a probably five-year-old lab who's very, very happy to run with me. So <laughs> just started running again. Um, so yeah, those, I'm trying to get back to that again mm-hmm. after, um, cause I struggled a little bit in COVID. Um, mm-hmm. the first year I was super productive. The second year, not as much, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we all have. I think, it, I think we all. I think like we all, all thinking we just got to get through this year. We just got to get through this, and then the second year came, and we were like, "Hey, this really isn't any better." You know, <laughs> I didn't feel that way. Oh, I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel that way the first year because I'm kind of antisocial, and I don't. Yeah. I mean, I like individuals, but I don't like people like as a group. And <laughs> uh, and so I kind of forced myself to do social things, which then I then love. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it was like, oh, an excuse to stay home an excuse yeah. to just write more. I yeah. can just hang out and just write all day long. Um, and oh, my running buddy can't run anymore. I guess I won't run. Um, I mean, like yeah. it was, I just took all the excuses and I, I wrote about a hundred thousand more words than I normally write, which is a lot for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah Cause, cause I you write short books. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't, yeah. I mean, a normal year for me is like 275,000 words. So increasing mm-hmm. it by a hundred thousand is a lot. Wow. Um, so yeah, I definitely had a different reaction to, to that first year. Mm-hmm. But the second one is more like what you were describing mm-hmm. your first year. Ooh, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your um, you being wide. You're a okay. wide author that mm-hmm. writes paranormal mysteries or cozy yes. mysteries, which generally we think of as being in KU, you know, that that's sort of the route a lot of people take what um do you, was that a conscious decision or is that just how it worked out um you know KU doesn't love me um and I don't know that that would be true today um things would change things are changing all the time you can never really make future decisions based on past information right. entirely um right. uh, but I can say that I'm comfortable wide so I'm planning on staying that way for a while but um KU likes, um, likes longer books. I write shorter books. Mm -hmm. Um, KU likes, um, very, um, likes to be fed. Um, (laughs) it likes material. Um, and I, I say that I have a a very good friend who produces very, very slowly who's in KU and does it very well. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are, there is a successful model for all the things, Mm -hmm. um, but I just found in my experience that I, people were willing to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the way that, that I have approached my business um, and trying to write what I want to write, but then yet still make something of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that I've got urban fantasy under Kate Beret and I've got paranormal cozies under Kate Lolly and I've got paranormal romance under Gemma Cates. And I'm not a person who should have three pen names. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at, I mean, obviously I'm happy to have three pen names and I'm mm-hmm. happy with my choices, but when you look at people who are very successful, who have, and I say very successful, making significantly more money than I'm making, they, um, they're saying, okay, well don't have another pen name unless you can maintain that pen name and produce mm-hmm. in that pen name. And oh, I think okay. that's 
think that's really solid advice. I mean, I think that's good advice. It's not advice I'm going to take um, because I, <laughs> I want, I want to write the things I want to write, and I need mm-hmm. for them to have a home. Yeah. Um, so even though I'm not producing um, that the rate that I probably should be for any of those pen names, right. um, I'm very happy to have them. So even though I haven't written a Kate Bray story since 2018, um, it still makes money and I'm still mm-hmm. very happy that it's there and I'm still happy to maintain it. And I really, really want to write another Spirelli story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited about it. As soon as I can fit it into my schedule, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that will have a home and mm-hmm. I will have people who have been waiting for that story. And mm-hmm. I will have people who have completely forgotten about me and hopefully I can find them again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, KU does not love that. And I, again, mm-hmm. you could, I think if I were in KU, I, I could probably figure out a way to make it work because I have mm-hmm. friends who produce less than I do who do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm happy. I'm happy wide. You're happy yeah. where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the, so that means the romance is in is wide too, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. For about two seconds, I was in KU and I said, oh gosh, you know, do I want to, and people complain about this all the time and I laugh at them. I'm like, oh, it doesn't take that long to upload them. It's no big deal. And but yeah, when I was launching a new pen name, I was like, do I really want to mess with that? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then like two seconds after I released it in KU, I was like, why am I doing this? This is not where you want to be. This is right. not great. So I almost immediately went to um, wide for that and then have since released everything else wide. And do you have a schedule? Uh, Well, I guess we can talk about that with the pen names because that's the next question. Yeah. But Sarah, you can ask. Yeah, that's our, that's the other thing we want to talk to you about was like having multiple pen names and like, you've kind of told us a little bit about how they came about Mm -hmm. just kind of keep everything separate. Right. And then, so like, how do you, how do you manage them and how do you decide which, uh, how it's going to, how it's going to go with the pen names. Who gets a book? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. Um, if I was super smart and could write to order, um, <laughs> then I would have a really awesome plan for that. Cause I actually really like plans and I really like mm-hmm. lists and I really like for things to be orderly. Um, right. sadly the writerly me is not really down with that. Um, so, <laughs> What I have historically done, um, so I've been really fortunate to have a very, very predictable income. And I, I gather that's not um, as common for some people, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I am wide, which I think evens out your income a little bit. And I would say there's been a few little surprises in the last five years since I moved, um, just a few. Uh, and other than that, my income has been really pretty predictable. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm really, really glad for that. And part of that is having long pre-orders. Part of that is um, you know, I do, I mean, you know, I, I can do math. I do look at series income. I do close out series that don't make any money because there are mm-hmm. lots of things that I want to write. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to write things that I, I know already are not making me money unless mm-hmm. I'm just dying to write it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I do. I say, how much do I want to write this and how much is this making me? And if I desperately want to write it and it's not making me anything, I'm still going to write it. Um, if if I want to write it, but it's not making me anything, it's not going to get written. Um, if it's making me a lot and I don't mind to write it, it's definitely going to get written. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> there's this, like sliding scale. That kind of <laughs> um, and, and that's really how I decide what pen name gets what. I you know, I used to, and I haven't been able to do this this last year because I've struggled a little more with writing, um, that I used to have an AB project system where I would write my A project, which was on pre-order in the morning. In the afternoon, I would write my B project, which was my reward for completing the words for my A project. Mm. And I told my writing coach this and they were like, that's very achiever of you. And I was like, (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying. And they're like, you're rewarding yourself for work with work. And I'm like, no, I'm rewarding myself for finishing my words by writing a fun story that doesn't have a pre-order. And they're like, you just keep thinking that lady. Yeah. It's a great system. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that system broke. Um, it yeah. broke because I was struggling to write. And so I have had, again, I'm constantly reevaluating and constantly looking at, you know, how do I get things done because they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently that doesn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to kind of figure out where to slide in those super fun projects that, you know, like I'm writing an alien romance right now. Um, and I'm super excited about it. And it's funny and it's like fun and um, super steamy. Um, and it's, you know, I haven't been able to work on it in probably like two months. Mm. Um, 
month and a half. I don't know, whatever, uh, because it has to, you know, fit in when I have met all my other goals and I haven't, mm-hmm. been, you know, able to meet those goals and then write more. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. Um, I can say that I have decided since Gemma Cates does actually have positive ROI, um, I am allowing myself a pre-order um, for Gemma Cates. So mm-hmm. I have a pre-order on my Dragon series for that. And um, I have, I think, two or three pre-orders for Kate Lolly. Um, but that was one of the things that I decided to change that works really well for me. Long pre-orders are great. And I would put a long pre-order on everything I plan to write. But I can't because, I, because I've struggled a little bit to write. I need more mm-hmm. flexibility in my schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my experiment for this year is, you know, can that's I maintain good. that consistent steady income without those long pre-orders? I don't know. So oh, yeah. We'll get yeah. you back next year and you can tell us. Yeah. Um, well, yes. are you one of those tests? Didn't register. I'm like, yes, that was a mistake. <laughs> then you'll have something to say. Yeah. Or you could say it could be a mistake, but it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, are you doing the the alien under Jim Cates or are you gonna do another pin name? Since my um I mean, I don't want more pen names than I have to have. Um, I needed mm-hmm. the Gemma Cates pen name, even though it's paranormal because it's extremely steamy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has lots of profanity and it has mm-hmm. lots, lots of naughty words and it has mm-hmm. lots of sex. And um, Kate Lolly um, is really warm and yes. um, and really welcoming and does not have those mm-hmm. things. Um, they don't mesh well. So I didn't right. want to frighten people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scare them off. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, the alien romance, I think is fine under Gemma Cates. Yeah. Um, I think in an ideal world, I probably would, but um, lots of paranormal romance writers write both. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So, That's do you idea. have like separate websites and everything for each pen name? Or um, I wish I did. Um, I made a choice at some point that it was difficult. It was going to be difficult to maintain multiple pen names. It was a bad choice. Um, and mm-hmm. if I could, um, untwine Kate Beret from Kate Lolly, I would, but they're deeply intertwined. Um, they mm-hmm. share a website, they share a Facebook mm-hmm. page. Um, Gemma Cates has its own website and, um, and its own Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not one of those people who has reader groups and I don't have an active Facebook page. I use it purely uh, for the purpose of running ads, running ads. Yeah. Yeah. So do you run, uh, do you run Facebook and Amazon ads? Or does it depend on the series or? I, I do both for everything. Um, mm-hmm. But to be clear, um, I'm going to explain this and you guys are going to laugh at me. You're going to be like, really? Are you sure you have a business degree? Um, I, I have this um, low hanging fruit um, strategy towards Amazon ads. Um, I have tried to scale. I have tried to spend more money there and it does not work for me. Um uh, for a lot of reasons, some of which I know, um, and there are weaknesses in my catalog and in my branding and whatever. Um, and some of them I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I spend money, I have positive ROI on my AMS ads and I spend very little money on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're always running. I have them for all my books and they're a very, very, very small part of my budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's I've, I've heard that from other people. Yeah. 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 And Jamie and I are both very intuitive when it comes to ads and Jamie's way better ads than I am. So we would not laugh at anybody about their mm. ad system at all ever. No, Because <laughs> I get very nervous when I'm talking to people like Mal Cooper or other people that are real heavy data, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you just know that you I'm know you need to turn it on or off. Yeah, exactly. So I just had a conversation with one of my girlfriends who is very data driven, and mm-hmm. um, and I said, okay, so the conversation that we had about attribution tags, um, this is how I did it. I feel like this is like the one hundred and one version of what you told me. Is that right, or did I do it wrong? <laughs> and she was like, that is the simplified version of what I told you to do. You're fine. Yeah. And yeah, I was exactly. like. I love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I just found out about those and just set up my first attribution tag link. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, we mm-hmm. finally have information. I mean, I I've already seen, I'm like, Oh, that is the clickiest ad and no, it is not making me sales. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good I information. Bad but- decision making mm-hmm. I was making before. 
Yeah, I I'm a little nervous uh just in one day that I'm but but then again things have improved. Everything has improved. So it's got to be the ads. I just have to figure out which ones are the ones making the improvements. <laughs> I'm going to throw it all at the wall. Let's see what sticks kind of gal. So I think that's an awesome strategy because <laughs> I think when you do that, there's the magic of the sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's been great having you here. I've loved talking to you, but tell us what you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been. Oh gosh. Um, I would say, um, I I think it's great that I did have an attitude that this was a business from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's really been um, an an advantage for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was even better when I recognized that I am a creative. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can run a business and be a creative at the same time. And I can allocate my time to both of those things. And I have found a way to allocate my time to both of those things. That's That's probably, I think, what's been the, the biggest help to me. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. great. I that love that great. answer. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's the, we're all trying to balance those two things. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. if you can kind of figure out a system, then, you know, you have your setup. So, so where can people find out more about you? Ah, um, you can go to my website for Kate Lolly, which is C-A-T-E-L-A-W-L-E-Y. Or to my, for my paranormal, super steamy paranormal romance with lots of naughty words. Just lots of warning there. Um, Gemma Cates. It's at G-E-M-M-A-C-A-T-E-S dot com. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I just am so happy you're here. I, I just, I love talking. To, I always love talking to you. I'm always a little intimidated talking to you too, because you are very smart and I'm like, Oh, I hope I don't say something stupid, but, um, That's hilarious. I, <laughs> I was really surprised to get the invitation and so, so pleased that you oh, guys yeah. invited me. Thank you so much for You're having welcome. me. You're welcome. We're so glad we got to talk to you and we yeah. will have all those links in the show notes and they'll be at wish I'd known then podcast.com. And, uh, thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing all the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.